What's up everybody, Brandon R. Scarborough here. I want to take a moment to share with you and tell you about my dream, my passion, ultimately my purpose. Dreams Academy is our nonprofit organization located in Akron, Ohio, where we specialize in mentoring young men of color. I started Dreams Academy in 2016, and since then, we've had the opportunity to impact and mentor over 300 young men in our area. I want to tell you about this because it's dear to me, it's near to me, and so I want to tell you how you can support. Go to our website and see what we're doing, www.dreamsacademyonline.org. Also, when you get to our website, be sure to visit our Queens Academy page. We launched Queens Academy so that we can start having the same impact with young women of color in the summer of 2021. It's been a great journey and we look forward to impacting more and more young people. We need your help. Consider today making a donation to Dreams Academy so that we can keep impacting more and more young people. You can give online right at our website. You can give through Cash App, Dreams Academy. You can also text to give by texting DREAMS to 44321. If you are unable to donate now, that's completely fine. We still want to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram at Dreams Academy USA and Queens Academy USA. You can join us on Facebook at Dreams Academy and Queens Academy, or go to our website and fill out the contact us form and leave us your email address so we can add you to our email list so that you will get our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything that's happening with our organization. Whatever you decide to do, however you connect with us, we're grateful for the connection. Thank you so much in advance for your support. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dear White Teacher. I'm your host, Brandon R. Scarborough. Glad to be here. I'm here tonight with, I think out of all my guests, I've known her the longest. We go all the way back to high school, um, church, running around, just being crazy and doing dumb stuff. And so glad that we've grown and grown out of that. And so welcome, welcome, Miss Monique Swain. <laughs> What's up? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. We we go all the way back to 1040. So if you've been watching the watching the podcast from day one, you should know by now what 1040 is. It's the greatest high school to be known to man. Um, so anyway, I have with us Miss Monique Swain, who is you know what? I'm, that's not my job. You, <laughs> you tell them who you are, because I, I got more to say about who you are after you tell them. Who okay. You are. Well, I am a fifth grade teacher at I Promise School. I am an intervention specialist. Um, I have been teaching for a little over 10 years. I've done everything from paraprofessionals, substituting, I've had my own classrooms, and um, I've done behavioral and almost tried for principal, but you know, so I've done, I've done a number of things in education, so. Um, it's pretty exciting just to talk about how many years I've been like in this moment. So yeah. So a couple of things I get to brag about. <laughs> so you know, uh, Dreams Academy, which is our organization. Absolutely. Um, Monique is one of our coaches for Queens Academy, which we started last year. Yeah. So that's dope because she kind of works for me a little bit for us, <laughs> but. Let's talk about the accolade you received this this past year. Um, I got Teacher of the Year at my school. Um, big dinner, big just what was absolutely exciting about it, and we forget that Teacher of the Year is done from your your cohorts, your peers, your people that you are working with, and they 
decide they you go through a list of folks who you feel are amazing teachers that exemplify everything that you are as a teacher and they vote on you and i was chosen to represent my school and it was it was just phenomenal it was phenomenal to um know that this is what you all thought teaching was what i do um to feel for them to feel like i was their example of what teaching looked like and what it felt like and what you do so I got teacher of the year this year for, and I'm going back for next year because they, the big win didn't come to our, to come to our school, I, so I was, we're gonna do look, it again. I was just sitting here looking at you like, wait, <laughs> that's all you about to say? Because that that was that was not all. We so. did. We we got to go to a dinner. Um, the dinner actually talked about all of us. I was one of the top people. Um, so you were runner up for the. I had I was I wasn't runner up. They had I had I think it was two other people with me for the teacher of the year, the main teacher for of the year. what. For the district, right? Oh, for the district. Yes. Why are you playing it down? Yes, you got it. You got it. Teacher of the year at your school, but for the district, you were in the top. We were all finalists. I was finalist for the district. For the whole district, I was. I was the top finalist. So I won at my school. I won. I also won for becoming a finalist to become one of the only eight people to be a part of winning district. So my pictures on it. Down at the Board of Education, <laughs> it's still down there, so you can go see my picture if you get excited. Um, <laughs> so but, this, this is the other piece that I think, just tell me if I'm wrong, you've only been in the district two years, right? Yes, this is my third year, so this is year three for me. So um, year two, yeah. you were teacher of the year at the school, and then the final, however many for a teacher of the year. The, like, quit playing it down, man, you know what we <laughs> you know, do, cut I, I it out. I get in trouble every time someone talks to me about this, because I... It's what I do, you know. It's it's what I do, and so when you, I, I get it. But we do we, we talking do. to the world right now, so we got to tell the we we're telling the world of people that do the same thing that you do. You're what right. you do? I was teacher of the year at one at excuse me at the LeBron James I Promise School. So that's so. where we headed next, and, you know. <laughs> Which was really awesome because I got to meet him, so um, and take pictures and to know for him to know who I am because um, in that whole sense, I am a product of Akron, Akron Public Schools. And to have a black girl who is a product of Akron Public Schools not only come and teach at your school in her second year, become teacher of the year, and also become finalist in one of the eight for the district. So it is. it really is a big deal, whether we, you know, I downplay it I or know, not. And I'm picking, but I'm serious. Uh, but it is. It's serious. You know, it is a really big deal. So yeah. I, I'm learning to embrace yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> my moments yeah you know it was extremely dope i got to go to the dinner thank you for inviting me she oh, invited nice. the bishop to, to the to the dinner my name tag that was hilarious right. but we we had a blast and uh I, if anything i learned at the dinner i think everyone else was jealous because we Ooh. made so much noise uh, at our tables and one thing <laughs> i will give um to your uh peers and fellow staff at i promise like they really do an excellent job of pushing each other and they they were totally behind you and so um definitely props to them let's talk about i promise though so um talk to me like i don't know what it is Let, let's tell the people in, in case hey. you know they don't know like let's talk about it let's talk about it we are tell me uh, <laughs> <laughs> your, cam your camera time is over man. Okay. okay sorry yeah that's over no we are a um we are a child we are a specialty school within Akron public schools we go from third grade now to eighth grade um the intent is to also get a high school but we're working on that later mm. we're going to see how eighth grade goes um right now it's been running well 
Um, we started off with Brandy Davis as one of our principals, and we now have Tawana Ham as a principal there this year. Um, our children get in by, um, it's like a pool. Um, they are tested, just like the regular testing throughout all the schools. If they are low in reading and math, they are put into a lottery where the children are selected to come. Um, they do not have to have an IEP. Um, the children are not considered bad. They don't have behavioral issues. Do they come with them? They, they can because children who are low typically have behavioral stuff because nobody's listening to them mm -hmm. say, I don't get it. And so, um, but it's not, it's not a behavioral school. It is for children who are um, suffering and aren't able to get the language of what math and reading is. Mm -hmm. And so we pick them, they come, they come with some of the most elite teachers that have been chosen from the district to teach the children and be able to build them up so they are gaining some of their best test scores. Little did we know, um, a lot of the babies were lower than expected. Mm -hmm. So we, what we're building on and what we are teaching literally is like, I don't even know, we don't even know what you know yet. So let's really get it and find a foundation for you and then build from there. Yeah. So some of them are coming in with no foundation and uh, we are building, making that and building it for them. So by the time they get to where they are for fifth grade, they are now have some type of strive that they're able to work within the classroom, um, learn how to control their behaviors, learn how to and um, just work with each other within the classroom. So that's what, that's really basically why I promised this. Wonderfully, we have the, um, the foundation who is behind us and they sponsor trips to Cedar Point. They do, um, dinners for our students when they're testing. They do shirts every year for them. Um, when they first started, they were giving, they had uniforms and stuff going, but Akron Public, um, we didn't have to do uniforms this year. So they give them shirts and had them, um, you know, have shirts and stuff. They do things that are geared towards the family. Um, the village is a place where some of our parents and stuff stay that allows them to, the opportunity to grow and to be amazing as far as, and not have to worry about bills and things of that nature because mm -hmm. that's taken care of, get you together and go be great. No, yeah. you cannot stay forever and that, but we are, he's, I mean, he's building, he's transitioning the city on that side where the school is. Um, he just bought Tangiers, so we are, um, it gives us a place to finally go and have like dances and um, programs and stuff mm -hmm. for the children. Um, just just so the school can expand yeah. and his thought process in that is absolutely amazing because it is just showing what can be done if you do put a little bit of money behind your teachers and behind your school. Who is his? Um, LeBron. I'm just, just in case folks don't know. Like, <laughs> LeBron we, James. Somebody in California, my, who's she talking about? You're right. I'm, yeah. I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. LeBron James. Yeah. So um, it is, the school is, was, um, started from his thought process mm -hmm. and what he felt like it should be and what it looks like. The children get a bike every year and actually started with his bike-a-thon mm -hmm. um, from him coming back and doing the bike-a-thon every single year and he was like, let's do a school seat, you know? Yeah. And so we are five years in mm -hmm. and um, it, it's just been great. Yeah, it comes with a lot of turnaround. Teaching comes with a lot of turnaround in itself because we don't know what we're going to get and sometimes we get you know you don't know until you get in there yeah. and um because the trenches sometimes is hard you it's hit or miss yeah but we do have some really excellent teachers who are working hard and trying to make the best of what we have 
So, uh, 2018, um, I got a Facebook message from Brandy Davis. You mentioned her name. Mm -hmm. She was the principal at the time. She was the first, first principal when they opened. And, um, I knew who she was just by name, but I had never met her or anything like that. She said, Hey, I've been watching what you're doing. I need you at my school. And so dreams Academy was a part of the very first year mm. of, um, I promise being open. And, um, it was such a cool experience. Um, such a honor for myself just to be, you know, two years old and still trying to figure out what dreams will turn right. in and be. And so for someone with her um, caliber of knowledge and wealth of knowledge to even be watching little old me and say, hey, I, I want you here. So that um, opened up so many doors for us. I'm forever grateful. She's she's not my buddy now. Yeah. You become my friend. And uh, so definitely grateful for Brandy and her uh, contribution to our organization. Um, the kids there were phenomenal at that time. First year, it was just three and four. So mm -hmm. at this point, five years later, y'all up to eighth grade. And so that's that's extremely dope. A um, couple other things you missed. I never got to meet LeBron. I saw him, we got kind of, we about this, this far from each other. I was like, thank you, man. But you know, that was cool. Um, I love the vision behind what he's doing, especially yeah. now I, I wish, I wish we had a way to show the people watching and, and listening um, the transformation of like Tangiers and what he's doing uh, with the village and the, the other location down at the bottom of the hill. But it's it's a holistic thought in, in my mind that we're not just building the kids from eight to three, but when they leave and go home. Um, and I, I know you said they, they get to come and live and the goal is not to stay there forever, but even during that time of transition, let's let's build you up so we can send you out Absolutely. at a higher quality of life than when you came. So super, super huge shout out to uh, LeBron um, in case he's watching. Um, at, at any rate, let's talk about your teaching history, though. Like we know you're at I Promise now. Like what was the journey like? You know, what <laughs> what got you to teaching? What was it? Was it a thought as a little girl, you know, college? What? let's talk about that. So. Um... What's funny is I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, I was working at Dillard's. I didn't want to be because my mother was mm. bomb teacher, 30 plus years. Um, a lot of children had her, a lot of people, grownups. And yeah. it's, it's funny to walk through the store and they would just yell her name. And, and the excitement on their face and her face and then for her to remember their name mm. you know it's like i'm like i'm not doing that um, yeah. <laughs> like, and that was the first thing i said i'm not yeah. doing that i'm not doing that because they gonna it's just gonna be another version of my mother mm -hmm. like i'm not doing it and i was just gun ho on running from that moment always dealt with children always loved children children have always been around me still was running um i was in cincinnati and I was working at Dillard's and I was just got finished with college and my with my with my bachelor's and my best friend called and was like, girl, um, Akron Public, I mean, Cincinnati Public Schools is hiring and they're looking for a paraprofessional. I don't know what that was, did not know what I was going to do. And I was like, she was like, go sign up, go do it, go. And she was already working for them. And I'm like, oh, this is stupid, but okay. So that's exactly what I said when I went to go. I said, this is stupid, but okay. I was like, okay. So I went, filled out the application. I ended up getting a job. They called me, um, sending all my stuff started as a paraprofessional. I was working with a little boy with autism. Didn't even know what it was. Mm. I was just like, okay, I am about to jack up this little boy's life. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Got to meet him, um, clicked immediately. And 
I was like, okay. So, and I had to, I stopped him and I just told him, I was like, I know you have a schedule. He was in kindergarten at this time. I know you have a schedule. I know that I'm supposed to keep you on the schedule. I said, I don't know how to do any of that. I said, I suck at it. I just want you to know that right now. And he's looking at me like, eh, okay. And I'm like, okay, how are we gonna do this? And I said, and then they told me you're a runner. I said, don't run, cause I'm not chasing you. Wherever you're gonna go, you're just gonna go. I'm not chasing you anywhere in this school. I'm not gonna do it. And he was like, and he just, you know, he's just shaking his head at me. Yeah. You know, I'm like, all right. So our first week, great. Second week, trash. Cause mm. he was like all over the place. And I was like, okay, God, is it, what am I doing? Got that going. By the time he was in third grade, he was strong enough to come off his one-on-one eight. I was a one-on-one eight for him. He was strong enough to come off his one-on-one eight. The intervention specialist there looked at me and said, so how do you feel that you worked yourself out of a job? And I was like, wow. huh? <laughs> I said, like, what does that mean? Like, she was like, you don't got no job. She was like, we're gonna find somewhere else to put you because we're not gonna lose you. But he doesn't need his aid anymore. Wow. And she was like, that's all you. Have you ever thought about special ed? Not at all. You might want to do it. Went back to school. Um, went back to school. My pastor down there passed away. I ended up finishing school that same year. And I, you know, graduated with my with my master's in special ed. And I'm like, okay. She passed. And I'm like, I gotta go back home. So this is my transition back home. Um, got here and did not have a job, did not know where I was going. My first school was a charter school, which was at Imagine. Um, I taught here as a sub. I was a sub for um, a, a year. And then I uh, also decided to become a teacher here. So I was like, I okay. keep bringing y'all in this building. And I know when I'm bringing y'all in this building. I <laughs> didn't know here. that. Yeah. We are here. And so um, I also was a second grade teacher here. Okay. Um, I, a little boy, behavioral had him I heard had him his first his first year as a substitute and he would only respond to me okay all right God like what are we doing this little boy is banging stuff against the mm. walls he is tearing my stuff up but he will not respond to anyone else I told the teachers I said I'll keep him we'll work on it work on work on him throughout the year I'll keep him for his second grade year second grade year it was it started off real rocky, but by the end of the year, it wasn't as bad anymore. His outbreaks wasn't like his just outbursts and stuff mm. weren't like terrible. He felt like he could um, tell me what was wrong without smashing my stuff against the board. Um, I should have whole PTSDs coming into this building because that's what he used to do, just tear my crap up. <laughs> yeah. um, but he he I did that, and um, the school had. Um, had changed his licensing and stuff, so I had to find another job. Um, another teacher told me about another charter school, so I went there, was there for seven years, and that's when I started doing under the intervention specialist license. And so I was there for seven years. Um, I got ready to transition because a friend of mine was like, I come over here and, be, and do assistant principal with me. And I'm like, girl, I don't know what to do with that. I don't want to put anybody in principal. Mm. And she was like, you can do it. Come on. Still working under my intervention specialist, um, but I was working under her. I transitioned out. Um, the only thing that hurt me from leaving was one of my babies. He came to me and I said, yeah, when I found out, and I finally made the decision to leave, he was going to eighth grade and he said, he, and you know, he was there when I was having a conversation and he was like, you leaving us? 
And I'm like, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to a different school. I said, we'll still be close, you know, you know, I'll be around the neighborhood. We'll be able to talk. And he said, you leaving me? And I was like, oh. and it just, <laughs> it broke my whole heart. Like, and so I had to explain to him that I wasn't leaving him, but I was finding another position to go because I, you know, I wanted to grow as far right. as education. I said, there's so many other people who also need me, just like you, like just like you did. And I said, so still talk to the kid to this day. Wow. Um, I, I, I talk to all my children. Like if they- Like your um, mom did. <laughs> like my mom mm -hmm. did. So I talk to all my kids. I make sure that they have some way of contact, contacting me if they want to. Right. Um, I told them that we can't be friends until they, we are apart from each other. So when they, once they hit high school, um, they can find me, always mm -hmm. find me on Facebook and we'll go from there. And then um, I left that school to go try to do principal stuff. And um, it was so much happening in the charter school world. So much happening in charter school. Um, I stayed for two and a half, three years and, and it, it wasn't, that place wasn't where I needed to be. Yeah. And um, another one of my friends got hired at I Promise and she called me and was like, I already told them all about you, go fill out the application. Why do y'all keep doing this to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what are y'all doing? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I told her, I was like, girl, what are you talking about? She was like, I, I've already told them about you. They know about you. They want you here. Go fill out the application. Like, it's already waiting. It's already waiting for you. And I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> like, fine. If it's for me to leave, I'll leave. And so, filled out the app, and I made it to I Promise. And I've been, um, so my transition for teaching has been 10 and a half years, um, 11 or so, plus prepared professional and subbing, things of that nature. So, I have been... In the game, a little, little bit as they call a little veteran now. Yeah, um, got teacher of the year on your own little resume now. You know, <laughs> two was, years. You know, I'll see you. All right. Trying to build it up. Trying to build it up. So. All right. Well, so you know, we we talk often, and so you 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 know the the title of the podcast is, is Dear White Teacher. So you know we gotta make that shift real quick, and you you have enough. You know, your wealth of knowledge is great to touch on some of the things we want to talk about, and so. You know, you don't don't have to say any names about anything, you know, any locations, anything like that. We keep it keep it all clean. But just in your your travels and then, you know, especially having coming from, you know, your experience in Cincinnati now here to Akron, you know, a lot of times we just talk about some of the disconnects that's happening in, in the urban classroom, um, with white teachers who I, I always, you know, support when I'm talking about this, like Let's be encouraging um, as possible because they're great teachers. Yes. But just sometimes don't know the cultural nuances Absolutely. and aspects of um, our kids. So, you know, let's talk about some of the some of the things you've seen and witnessed. Hmm. Um, where do we begin? <laughs> I've had excellent, excellent white teachers. Some of some of the very best that I have taught with. Um, one thing that I will say, and I would love for them to understand is that you are not me. How I talk to my kids, how I um, interact with them, what we do with them, the stuff that I say to them, um, you don't, and you don't have to be me. Yeah. The, I think that's what the the disconnect is. You don't have to be me in order to do what I do. Be you. Mm -hmm. If you are some, you know, 
preppy little white girl that came in and you love this kind of music and you want to do, do that. Do that. Be that person. But what you miss in all of everything that goes on is your relationship with them. You building your relationship with them is what changes the atmosphere of your classroom. It is how you talk to them. So when they build the, when they when you build relationship, you also build respect. Our children are huge on respect. Mm. One thing they always say, Oh, you don't respect me. You know, and they hype with it. They, you know, fingers in the air, we cussing now. We, you know, it's going. So what did I say that you did not understand? You know, like I where are you at with that with them? And so they always feel like they are not being respected. And stop giving them to, the opportunity to play the white card, the, the race card for them. Stop giving them the opportunity for that. When you don't present yourself as yourself, they play the race card. Oh, you a racist. You don't want me to, mm-mm. That's not how that works. So be yourself. Understand who you are in your classroom, what you want out of your classroom, what you want your classroom to look like. And we don't get a lot of that. One teacher, um, I was talking to just in a group of teachers and a white teacher, I, we were she was over in the, the mix with us. And I said, um, I had said the comment that we need more black teachers in a classroom. Well, I don't understand why we need more black teachers in the classroom. We teach just the same. Right. But we're not the same. Mm. We teach the same. We are not the same. It is it is important for children to look at me and see their mom or see their aunt or see their sister. They're not going to look at you and do that same thing. They're going to see teacher. Right. So for them to come and say, oh, Miss Wayne, I have so much going on at home. They're not going to come to you and just freely give you that information. Do I want it all the time? Heck no. But <laughs> they give it to me. Right. This is what they give. And so it, for you not to understand that is a problem. For you to not want representation in their classrooms is a problem. When I say to you that we need more black people, we need more black men in our classrooms, and your first statement is, well, we, we teach well too. I ain't never say that. I said they needed representation, and that's what they need. Mm -hmm. They need to know that if I can't, play football if I can't do soccer if I can't whatever it is I can't do I can I can teach yeah because foundation for everything that you all go into starts with teaching we see you first and our children don't understand that because they don't want to be teachers right. because they're acting up so much so they don't want the reflect of what they have going on uh -huh. so you know they that's the biggest of things they want to be you want to be me, and I just need you to be you. Mm -hmm. So authenticity is a word that comes up every show. Because uh, it has to. Yeah. <laughs> but how do we, how do you, how do you switch that, flip that switch, though, to like the lady that said that? Like, what do you mean? I, I, I do the same thing you do. And you do, and probably do it well. Um, however especially in 2022 headed into 23 with the sort of kid that's out now that's very different from even when i was coming up with the um forward movement of social media and the access they have to so much 
how do you how do you get him or her to even understand that concept? You're gonna have to uh, watch the classroom. They're gonna have to watch you teach. They're gonna have to listen. Um, a lot of our a lot of our white teachers don't want to listen because I'm listening to this black girl tell me how to do my job. That's coming mm. so hard for our black principals to um, maintain schools and get stuff done like they want to get stuff done because our wonderful white teachers don't want to listen to your little black self. Mm. And it's hard. So when I, so now I have to develop a relationship with this teacher like I do my student. So you will be able to feel comfortable with listening to what I have to say. Wow. So I almost have to manipulate you. A little bit. Just so you can be comfortable with my master's degree. Mm. So you can be comfortable with my doctorates. So you can be comfortable with all the accolades that I have behind and the teaching experience that I have to hear me say, you're gonna have to talk to him different in order for him to understand and get what you're saying to him. Right. Mm, yelling at him is not going to work. Right. You might have to go over and get close. Oh, he smell, yeah, he might smell bad, yeah. but you're gonna have to get close and say to him, this is not gonna work for me. Yeah. So, in order for you to listen, I have to, I'm gonna to have to manipulate the moment. So you will listen. So they will listen to you. That's a lot. <laughs> That's so much. I mean, it's so, it's so much to consider with the state of education as it is right now that you have all of these little things going on that at the end of the day, take away from the student's success. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about, you know, uh, authenticity, um, let's talk about understanding the culture. Why does he smell bad? Like, we can't stop at he smell bad. Why does he smell bad? What's going on at the house that's causing, you know, him not to smell good? Right. Um, things that you have to have a heart for that go far beyond textbook teaching. Elaborate. <laughs> So, well, and, I, and I'm telling you to elaborate because I know what all you all do at your school that goes so far into into the house to solve those problems. Absolutely. Like if I'm not mistaken, y'all got washing machines and whatnot in the building. So absolutely. that's another level of care and concern um, for the individual that has nothing to do with if you can read or not at this point. Absolutely. I I'm gonna tell you there has been many of days that I have braided a child's hair put a child's hair back in ponytails, giving a child some edges just so she can get through her day. Yeah. <laughs> Push this, like boys, girls. I, I'm, so many times I had to say to a student, I don't got to pick, but I'm about to pull this fork out real quick and pick your hair out so you can get pushing. They're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that. Yeah. They don't understand I'm about to get this fork, this plastic fork, and pick your hair. Why? Because you don't know that this fork and this pick look the same, and they're going to they gonna do the same do the job. Same thing. Yeah. They're going to do the same thing. I just need you to be cool with what I'm, just, what, I'm, what I'm doing with you, and let's get finished, and you get back to class. I literally used to tell the teachers, um, in the morning, if your kid, because we had a real hard problem with kids keeping their hoods up. Mm -hmm. And at first, it was a... It was a, I, you know, just a, a sensitivity issue. Like I need to feel safe. This is my safe space. Mm -hmm. Me having my, me having my hood on. 
but then it became a moment of danger and we have to how long do we keep let you keep your hood on for and if it's becoming an issue because now are you keeping your hood on because you need it on because this is your safe space or you just keeping on because you about to go to sleep in about 45 seconds Mm -hmm. so i don't want to i don't have time to distinguish between the two i we let's figure it out so if you come in everybody's hoods off i can't take my hood off my hair mess how do you solve that issue ma'am because a lot of our white teachers don't don't know how to deal with black hair Mm. So how can I tell you to, girl, just go brush that stuff up and come on to the classroom. She's not about to come in there with her hair a mess. It's not about to happen. For so many reasons. For so many reasons. Yeah. One, because the, nine times out of ten, these kids are getting dogged. Yes. These, and these boys don't take no, they take no, they take all no prisoners. They yeah. are in here dogging these girls. Yeah. Dogging them. And so when you have girls who are getting dogged daily by boys and they just want to get into the classroom. Like we used to do silly stuff like that when we were kids, but they have taken it yeah. to another level. Yeah. Like I have boys who fight girls, so wow. it, it goes to another level. So anyway, I, ha- I told the teachers last year, I said, if they come and they need to come in and they need to get their hair done, send them up before my first class starts, before my other kids come in. I said, I'll get them taken care of. No, it cannot be every day. Sis gonna have to figure out what to do on day three because I can't do her hair day two, day one and day two, and then day three she coming in thinking she about to use up all product. Who is sis? The the my student. I I, I know that, but anytime I love language, and so anytime we get one of these words that everybody yes. may not know, I stop and say, yes. okay, let's sis and bro is young man, my, young yes. lady, you know. My so, students because yeah. and because I call them my babies, right. so my students are also my babies. My kids, my babies, my children are my students. So uh, she not gonna do it. Yeah. So I have to find a way to make sure that this student can be taken care of. And then me also be able to do my job and do it effectively. So it create that helps. That also helps with the relationships with the teachers because they can trust that you about to handle this moment, which (laughs) that in itself is an issue, too, because why don't you have the product in your room? You know what to get. You can ask me what to get. Mm -hmm. The, The child can probably do it herself if you send her to the bathroom, give her a time limit and then tell her to get back. She could do it herself, but so, you haven't invested. You, you so you answered my question before I asked it because I, I was headed, I was headed to, are they watching what you're doing and taking the initiative to say, I might not can do that what you can do. I can't braid hair. However, let me go get, or even, is it easier for me to just send her to you every single morning as opposed to let me go get the necessary tools? Like you said, she can fix it herself. Mm-hmm. Let's even find out why she doesn't have these tools at home, which I, I know goes into a greater conversation about, you know, teachers shelling out their own money to make sure kids no, got this because and got the that. foundation actually helps out with that. If they if it gets to a point where our children need because they do haircuts and they uh, get our girls nails done and stuff. and. Wow. Um, if at all our children need to get their hair done, they will also help out with that if they have to. Wow. Um, they buy shoes. They buy clothes. Um, even I know um, one time I asked you about bringing in hygiene mm-hmm. kits for the kids. When I tell you they were, it, my babies were so just amazed. A few kids wow. that I gave them to just because they had them in their bags and they could just pull them out and keep them in their bags. That was huge for them. Wow. Just for somebody to say, 
you're not about to be in my room smelling like this. Right. Let's fix it. And right. so we fixed it. I think the biggest issue is that they don't fix. We try to mull over. We try to, because them ain't the cute kids. Them, them the ones that don't look too well. Right. So you don't pay them too much of attention. You wait for the little cute one and then you all help them. Oh, hug you. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't. So is there the population, though, that gets it? And that says, I'm going to take the initiative. I know I'm not you, but I'm a good teacher and I'm authentic. And so I might not can say this is my baby, but they trust me. There are. There are a certain number of teachers that do that. There are a certain number of teachers that um, you can tell when they're authentic mm -hmm. about it. The children can tell. Absolutely. When they're that, authentic That's the about determining it. factor, actually. Because they will tell you, ooh, they yeah. can't wait to say they're little black teachers. Yeah. They'll run up, ooh, such and such. We like them. Yeah. We like them. So we're going we're, we're gonna to act good in their classroom. Oh, okay. And isn't that well, the thanks. crazy part? Because <laughs> I'll act good because I like you. Yep. I'll act out strictly on the strength of, I don't like you, so I'm going to just do what, do what I do. So they they and that's exactly their thinking. Oh, I'm I'm about to cut up. Yeah. I'm about to cut up in your classroom. So the point of this podcast is even I'm not saying that's right behavior because okay, it's no, not. It's not. But it's the current lay of the land. If I don't like you, I don't respect you. I don't follow your rules, and I'm probably not doing your work. I'm not dumb. I don't like you. <laughs> so that's what that goes back to. Relationship. Yeah. You have no relationship with your students. The minute my kids hit my classroom, I have the whole conversation with them. I'm not about to smile at you for the first six weeks, yeah. lying like a mug. Yeah. But I'm not about to. I'm, I'm not about to smile at you the first six weeks, six of this, weeks of this of this setting. Why? Because I don't want you to feel like it's a game in here. I have goals for all of you. I have stuff I need you to do, and we got stuff to accomplish. You get the first goal. I laugh. We can giggle. Mm -hmm. We'll have a great time. But if you don't. Then you're going to see the other side because then we got business to handle. Yeah. And my rules are set. The one thing I used to always uh, joke with the teachers about, I said, I don't care where I sub at. If you need a sub in your classroom, I don't care where I sub at. We will be able, your, your students know what it means when I turn off my lights. Hmm. Care where we at. When my lights go off, what that means, children. And they'll tell you, oh, we got to be quiet. She's had enough. And so I usually teach when my light's off. Though, but so it's usually reversed sometimes. If I gotta turn them on, what y'all doing too much? And they know it, so everybody will stop. Why your kids don't know that? Mm -hmm. Why kids that that have never had me in their classroom know, know your me, rules? <laughs> know my rules. Yeah. And you, and you because and the kids don't. are telling other kids, hey, should you ever get hurt, don't you go in there doing what what I know you like to do? Absolutely. Don't go in but there. But they doing also that. know that I feed them. They also know that. I love on them. They also know that I'll call your parent within a drop of a hat. They also know I find your parent on Facebook and on Instagram and on TikTok because I don't got time. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, I don't even call their parents. Right. I, who has time for that? Right. I just need you to establish a relationship and your respect for me in this classroom so I don't ever have to. Yeah. I, you know what your parents need to call me for when they're ready to get tutoring? That's what they should be calling me about. Yeah. We talk, I should have an open relationship with your parents so much that they have, I have a separate Google number that my parents get at the beginning of the year. Here y'all go. 
Yeah, I, for, I, I forgot the whole mention. You like the city's tutor, so like <laughs> this resume, I I didn't have enough room to to finish the paper of all your accolades. But Miss Swain is like the city's tutor, so I tutor. Uh, yeah, everybody, the whole the whole world. Anyway, uh, but no, uh, that that's phenomenal, uh, phenomenal conversation. Um, so you you've talked relationship. Um, before we get going. Three things you would advise, suggest, give to a white teacher that's listening and really wants like that, that that's my whole purpose for this podcast. I, I I know it's not gonna be for everybody. I know who listens to it and who buys in are going to be teachers. One that I feel like don't have anyone else to ask. Two, may have someone but are afraid to ask. Um, and another thing I just learned in an earlier interview they've been let down because they asked somebody and for whatever for whatever reason somebody didn't show up for Absolutely. them which turns on the thing like I'm not asking anymore which is natural that happens you know in all kinds of situations so three things you would share um, with a white teacher that's working in an urban environment because we didn't even get to touch on the whole how college doesn't teach you that <laughs> you know so that that's a whole we talk about that all the time uh, so you literally have white teachers who need jobs who end up in places that they didn't student teach at absolutely uh, that they didn't live in and so they don't even let alone know the culture they don't know anything about why her hair ain't done mm. it's foreign to them but I'm a teacher and so I want to understand it what do you tell them Yes, and in order for them to get their money for uh, grant forgiveness, they actually have to teach in the urban school district. For years? For was least, it, like it five, 10 years. Okay, yeah, I yep. think it's 10. Um, first, I would tell them we're sorry. Sometimes we, as a teacher, not even black or white, we get caught up in teaching. We get caught up in our moments. So for anybody that has not shown up for you, we are so sorry because they should have. Mm -hmm. And so because um, you have to people go around and they take take this moment out on their children, the students in their classrooms because they needed help and no one came. So now they are bitter. Yeah. One thing I always said as a teacher was that any new person that came into a job, I would make sure that they knew that they were seen. Because I've been at places where they, I, I didn't feel seen and I didn't feel important enough. And I didn't feel like the things that I had worked hard for were not being, were, just didn't help. And they were helping, but nobody was like, oh girl, yeah, we use that. Mm. So we're sorry. We apologize. We are. We'll do better. Just to make sure we're helping you get where you need to be. Because we don't know that. Um, build relationships. I know I said it and I've been saying it. It is huge build relationships. Don't allow our students to feel like they are less than. The minute that you teach them that they are not, that's when everything falls short. Make them do it. Make them believe that they can. You believe that you can, because this is your classroom. Mm -hmm. This is your classroom. No one else's. So the atmosphere that you set at the beginning of the year, is exactly what's gonna happen the rest of the year. Set your atmosphere, set your tone for your classroom. That's it, set your tone for your classroom. And then lastly, be yourself. 
Yeah. Be yourself. Find something that is going to make you different from everyone else that allows your students to say, I loved her. I don't even know why I love her. I just love going into the classroom. I feel safe here. Mm-hmm. A child should always feel safe in your classroom because when they, they're with us eight to nine hours out the day, yeah. more than I tell my kids all the time, I'm your mom. They be like, no, you're not. I'm your mom. How, what time do you see your mom? You see me all day long. I'm your mom till you get to see her. Don't call me mom, but I'm your mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, but they, they, they get that though. Yeah. When you put it in that term, yeah. they get that. So you will respect me like you respect her. Yeah. Allow yourself to learn what respect is and what it looks like to you and to your student. Respect is different to each student. Do not assume that because this one likes to be called by their nickname, that this one does too. Mm-hmm. Nope. Figure out what respect looks to looks like for all of your kids. It may take time. Take the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Take the time to do it. They have a, uh, a book called Time to Teach. It is one of the best books I have ever gotten as a teacher. Teach you how to put your desk in the right place. It teaches you about the six-week transition. Take time to build your classroom. Once you do that, your classroom will be absolutely where you want it to be as an educator. Dope. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I got so much more I can do. Uh, another uh, gave another season two returnee. I see, uh, and, and then next time, uh, I told y'all I want you to bring the whole crew because you you know I know the crew. So Are we ready? <laughs> yeah, we we just got to get it scheduled out, and that that's gonna be a heck of a conversation because when you get the crew together, they are something else, but they're all dynamic, phenomenal. Um, educators Absolutely. Um, and so I, I'm looking forward to finally getting that on the schedule um, so as we wrap up um, you can turn turn back to your camera that you took hostage of when we first started hey, camera. Um, and tell them we always say tell them where they can find you at and leave them with a word um, something near and dear to you that they can take with them um, as a word of wisdom cool things um, you can find me on Facebook at Monique Swain. You can find me on Instagram at Everybody's Favorite Aunt. Uh, my tutoring business is Agape Mentoring and Tutoring Services. Um, you can always find me there. You can um, get your kids into tutoring. It is well worth the money. It is helpful for the children. Uh, one thing I'll leave you with is remember to laugh. It is healthy for the soul and it is um, good to just let loose and be yourself. You can also find her at Queen's Academy. You can't. Which, which is <laughs> every a, Wednesday. Every Wednesday, which is a subsidiary of Dreams Academy, which is the organization. Let me get to my camera. Which is the organization that I started five, six years ago now, and we've just been growing and growing. And I, I love what I do, and, and I love this podcast. I hope that um, you are getting something out of it. I hope. I hope that somebody, black or white, is uh, watching and being able to take nuggets from here and there. And no one's offended by anything because what I do understand is that race is a sensitive topic um, and should be dealt with accordingly. But at the end of the day, we just want to help. Um, and if that's through helping white teachers um, make our black kids more successful and you be a successful teacher, then everybody wins. Uh, make sure you're following um, us on all digital platforms. Um, dear underscore white underscore teacher on TikTok as well as Instagram. Dear white teacher on Facebook. Dear white teacher on YouTube. Follow, like, share, follow, like, share, download the podcast, listen to it. Um, 
if you have feedback, um, we're, we're setting up channels for you to do that. The one you can use now is you, you can text me directly, 330-958-4148, and I promise I'll respond. I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love to hear uh, what more you would like to see of. Um, and just as, as we continue this, um, I feel like we're going places and going to be a great help to a lot of people. And so once again, thank you to my guest, uh, my buddy, my friend, Ms. Monique Swain. Shout out to my dude, Gabe, as always. Another episode in the books. Till next time, dear white teacher, I'm your host, Brandon R. Scarborough. You can find me, Instagram, Mr. Dreams Academy. Um, follow Dreams Academy USA, Queens Academy USA, just to keep up with what we're doing and everything that's going on. Have a good time. Have a good night. Thank you. Peace.